Well, this, this morning we are looking at um, the same, some, of the, some of the same concepts of last week whenever we spoke about uh, God spoke into the darkness and, uh, create, and in creation. Well, something from nothing, okay? Something from nothing. Now, often Jesus begins with, uh, like we'll talk about a little later, the loaves and the fishes. You know, five flat pancakes and two sardines, and he, he feeds 5,000. Almost always God has something, you know, has something for us, because it's, it's almost impossible for us to imagine something from nothing. I mean, to, to think of creating nothing, you know, it's like the, I know I've told this before, so um, the, the, the scientists were now uh, confronting God that they could make a man, they could make a person, and they could make a person from dirt. And they were challenging God to a man-making contest, and the, the scientists reached down and grabbed some dirt, and God says, no, 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 get your own dirt. <laughs> so you got us making something from nothing. It's, it's very, I mean, it's, it's just illogical. It is you know, it doesn't, it's not there. How can it be? We always have to start with something. You know, we, you know, um, my Rhonda's uh, niece, her son, got his doctorate in plasma dust. Now, you can't even see plasma, but anyhow, I don't know how it works. But if you go on the internet and look at it, plasma dust is a kind of a vapor. And I have no idea what it does, where it goes, but he, that he's making... He living, he's living in Germany, I believe, now. The only, there's only like two or three places in the world where you could actually practice this and use this technology, and he's doing it out of plasma dust. Well, we look at molecules, and, you know, the, the tighter the molecules, you're setting on a bunch of molecules. <laughs> Not cellulite, it's molecules. <laughs> okay, you know. But uh, we're looking at this in something from nothing. Now, sometimes... The Bible, the Bible is telling us in everything give thanks. So what we are looking at in something from nothing is that we are looking at something that is not necessarily our first moment of saying thank you. It's looking at something negative and saying something positive. And seeing something as a situation that happens, but in the same breath, saying something good being thankful that God is going to work this to the good. God is at work in all things. In all things, give thanks. God is at work in all things. All things work together for good to those who love God. Rather than the things working themselves to good, God is at work in the things, making them good. Well, uh, the song that I'm going to sing, not so, uh, the, the, the song is also a scriptural song, and uh, you want to play it, Jose?
So the, the song is telling, let the weak say they are strong. Let the poor say they are rich. Let us give thanks in all things because we believe that God is at work in all things for good. You see, it's creating something out of nothing. We are taking, and, and God isn't as drastic as that in this song, because we are weak, and we are in that weakness saying that we are strong. And there is a declaration that we're not hiding from reality. We're not hiding from the truth. We're not pretending something doesn't exist. We, are, we, we have a very real problem, and we have a very real God, and we have a very real promise. And what we are doing is seeing the promise, having the revelation from God that God is in love with us, beloved, and that his love for us will then help us to believe for good. So therefore I am weak, but he is strong. And he, I am poor, but let them say I am rich. Because we, have, we are seeing what the, the, the Lord is doing, what God is doing in this. And in creation, we spoke about this last week, that God spoke into the, the, the inky blackness of nothingness and created the worlds, created the universe, the distant universes <laughs> that are so huge it takes light years just to travel across one of them. And the light year is the, 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 the distance that light can travel in a year. So there are light years in the universe, and God just spoke them into existence. They came out of inky blackness. <laughs> you know, one of the things I think that uh, our culture, our science, scientist is, you know, trying to prove that there's life on other planets because if there's life on other planets, that just says that there are, there's no God, that we didn't... Uh, we weren't created, we were hatched. Uh, so we, we look at this thing, and, and God is creating, and God breathed into us. Even if there are other life forms on other planets, we know that we are made in the image of God, and that he breathed into us the breath of life, and we became a living soul. And because of that living soul, we will live forever, with or without God. And the challenge for us is to understand as believers and as individuals who have been born from above that we are created in the image of God and in his likeness. In his likeness. <laughs> you think God's as handsome as you are and as beautiful as you are? <laughs> uh, yes. God has made us in his image and in his likeness, meaning that we are body, soul, and spirit, that we are individuals who can hear from God in our hearts, and that we can be, God can be revealed to us through his word. The problem is whenever, uh, you know, I, I hear lots of uh, people in different settings and so on, um, that are some of them are very non-Christian, and it's, it's interesting how that people who are propagating a belief that is non-biblical will use the Bible as a pres precedence for what they believe, and where they take it is 
not, <laughs> not biblical. Such as, they were, they, one person used it as the image of God, that we, are all, we, were all man, we were all made in the image of God. Okay, and so they used that as a launching pad into how that spirituality can be attained through meditation, not through Christ. So we see that there is, there is a division that goes on in, in our society and in our world and even in the church world that sp- tries to split denominations and split Christianity into so many different things. We've done that with our denominations and different, you know, belief systems and Calvinism and Armenianism and, you know, all these different, trying to split the body of Christ. But the body of Christ is the body of Christ and Christ is alive inside of us. And that when Christ is alive inside of us, there is a birth that takes place. The birth of Jesus Christ inside of us is divine coming up on Christmas. <laughs> Not that far away. QVC's already started. <laughs> uh, J.C. Penney has started, that French company. <laughs> and uh, I was up there the other day getting my hair cut and there's Christmas everywhere, you know? So, the, the, the birth of Jesus Christ is that Mary was conceived, conceived by the, the, birth, the baby Christ, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary. Well, we look at our own life, it is the Holy Spirit that births Christ inside of each of us. That we are forgiven and that we are restored and, the, the, and Christ lives inside of us because of how the Holy Spirit has drawn us to God and how the God has put that life inside of who we are and in our thinking and in our doing and in our actions and in our speech and our going out and our coming in. God is there and he is present in all of these things. So he wants me to see that out of nothing he can create something. That's illogical. But let the weak Out of our poverty, God can make riches. Out of our weakness, God will make strength. You see, if it were up to us to create the, you know, to take away the poverty and and then create riches, well, we try to, as a society, put things in place where that we are, you know, that we can work and grow and, you know, hopefully achieve and, you know, arrive at the American dream of becoming more than what we started out as and you know all those types of things but in our and we look at the world that we live in most of the world that is out there is lost and undone and they have no hope except what is brought to them in Christ and in first Thessalonians Paul says be cheerful no matter what cheerful (laughs) Uh, pray all the time now, prayer, prayer is a, a conversation that we're doing, and, you know, every one of us are thinking. Okay, bring your mind back here. <laughs> our mind, you know, um, our minds is constantly running. Some of us, our mind runs at five miles an hour, and some runs at a thousand miles an hour. And, uh, but there, our thinking is there, and we're constantly thinking. But praying at all times is that we are conscious of God's presence, and we never want to offend it, but we want to welcome him. 
We don't want to offend God with our thoughts. We want to welcome God with our thoughts. And so in our thoughts, we are thinking that God is with us. God, I pray for this. I ask you to bless this. I pray, God, you help me find this. Hello. Did you ever lose something and ask God to help you? What happened? What the rest of you do? <laughs> But he says, be cheerful no matter what, pray all the time, and thank God no matter what happens. <laughs> thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you, to, wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you to live. Because we are giving thanks, not that something that we are poverty, and not that we are weak, but we are giving thanks that God can take our poverty and turn it to riches. He can take our weakness and turn it to strength. So we are thanking God not for what is, but for what, well, what is is happening here. But then we're also tagging on to this what will be. I was going to get a um, cake mix and bring it in here and just put it there and, you know, get a pan and dump it in the pan and, it'll become a cake, right? <laughs> Why won't it be a cake? It's a cake mix. <laughs> you know, you got you to put some milk or water in there and you maybe have to add a few things. But we find that, you know, in all things give thanks. It's like giving thanks for the box of stuff that's there in front of you and knowing that it's not a cake yet, but it will be. I am thankful for this mix that I have because I know that it can become a cake. See? I know that it will become a cake if I do the right things, the right steps. Now, if I say, you know, what good is this box of powder and throw it aside and we're angry and bitter and whatever, we don't see the value in the box. But if we are capable of giving thanks, we're able to see that there's something more than just a box of powder there or flour we see that there's something there that can become something else. And you see, we're doing that with our life. We're doing that with the things that we say, the things that we do, and, and we see how that God is at work taking the mix, as it were, us, you and I, with our everyday life, and we are giving thanks to God for our everyday life because we are believing that God can take our everyday life and make it better. So some of you are half-baked. <laughs> and the rest of us are burnt. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so give thanks for the pastor's illustration on cake. I can't wait to get home and eat. So, so we are to pray all the time. And don't suppress, verse 19 says, don't suppress the spirit. And don't Stifle those who have a word from the master. Don't suppress God's spirit. Did you ever hear that voice inside of you saying, David? You wouldn't hear David. You would hear your name, okay? You would hear that voice inside of you saying that you can do this. And then what do you do? No, I can't. <laughs> Good is going to come of this. No, it ain't. <laughs> I know I've been here before and it's not going to work. Hello, who's suppressing the spirit? 
You see, the Spirit of God is trying to say to you and I that we can love, we can forgive, we can accept forgiveness, we can become the person that God wants us to be, and so many people are telling God he can't do it. You know, I'm too bad to be forgiven. I've committed too many wrongdoings. God could not possibly forgive me. What we are doing is suppressing the Spirit because the Spirit is trying to tell us you're forgiven. Not because you deserve it, but because God is love and beloved. You and I, as we confess our sins, we are forgiven. God says to us, he says to us in his words, see, the Spirit of God will, will bring the Word of God to life inside of us. And then the Spirit will cause us to think the right thoughts. So if we're looking at this and we're looking at life and we're saying, well, it's not going to work for me. I've been down here this path before and it's led to failure and it'll lead to failure again. That's not God's Word. God's Word says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I can do. God and I together can do. You see, he can make something from nothing. Where were you a hundred years ago? <laughs> Where were you a hundred years ago? You were nothing. You were nothing, but God knew you. He made something from nothing when he made you. <laughs> While we were yet in our mother's womb, he knew us. He formed us. You see, we tend to think that we're something bigger than who we are, but we are bigger than who we are because God knew us before we were ever born, before we were ever put in the womb of our parent, of our mother. God knew us and he formed us and he was there. So a hundred years ago, you were nothing. But you were knowledge in the mind of God and he knew you'd be here. Now, 10 minutes from now, an hour from now, tomorrow... God knows where you're going to be and he's preparing you to be there and we are not to suppress the Spirit. The Spirit is telling us we can do this. You can make this. Good can come of this. Why? Because I'm thanking God. God is at work in this. God is at work in me, helping me in this situation. Hebrews 10, 17, I didn't give this to you, Hosea, so you don't have it. Hosea, that's a book in the Bible. This is Hosea back here. But Hebrews 10, 17... <laughs> Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's the King James. The Message Bible says, before you trust, you have to listen. <laughs> before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there is nothing to listen to. You see, we have to listen. For the word of God. You see, the, 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 you know, we have, we have church, you know, every Sunday. Um, it's hopefully, under, we understand that it's here to have the word of God taught. So that the word of God can be heard. So that your faith can increase. And that you are, the Holy Spirit will help you to listen to what you need to hear. 
And whenever we have resentment or bitterness or, you know, things happen, people say things, things don't happen, these are all distractions to our mind and our heart and our spirit from receiving what God wants to tell us. You see, we want, God wants to put this all together in our life every day. It's a matter of the working of the Spirit and the Word of God coming together and helping us form life and expectation because when this life is over, we're going to stand before God and he's going to reward us. <laughs> I, I like this, the illustration, and again, I used it before, but it's okay. <laughs> I don't mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The you know, guy dies and goes to heaven, and there's this big warehouse. And, God, and he says to God, what's that warehouse? I mean, it's huge. It's going on for miles and miles and miles. And, and so God takes him inside, and there inside are all these boxes and crates and names of people and, you know, just on down aisles and aisles of them. And so he takes him down, and he shows him his place, and his name is there. And there's all these boxes and crates and full, you know, so it's, it's just kind of packed in there. And he says, God, what are all these? And God says to him, well, those are the things I wanted to bring into your life, but you wouldn't let me. Those are all the things I wanted to give you, but you wouldn't let me. So, God, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. Help me have the faith to believe that there is something from nothing. You see, Isaiah says, joyfully, you will pull up buckets of water from the wells of salvation. Joyfully, you will pull buckets of, up from the wells of salvation. The wells of salvation, and it isn't that the wells of salvation are so deep. It's that with it's the bucket we use is too small. <laughs> what God wants to provide for us, we, you know, we think of it, we limit the size. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. You don't know how bad I've been. You don't know how my shortcoming. God knows it all, and he says, this is what I want to put in your life. Here's the wells of salvation, and you can have as much of it as you can haul up. And so we get a little thimble and you know, dip it down in. I got a thimble full hook. How lucky I am. And as you do it, bringing up the buckets, the water from the wells of salvation, it doesn't say buckets. It just says wells from the water of salvation. I want a pump. <laughs> I want a pump with a big pipeline stuck in the well. Turn it on, you know. So anyhow, and as you do it, you will say, give thanks to God. So as we are looking at this, we see that we didn't create this. You didn't create this salvation. You didn't create this place of expectation or this place that you're living in. God created it. And if God created this place where you're living, don't you think he wants to help us manage it? We use the story in the scriptures where the the, uh, the, the owner turns over the property to a caretaker. And the caretaker is kind of flimsy with it. <laughs> he doesn't take care of it. And then the master comes back. You know? And the, uh, the guy's like, oh, if I'd known you were coming, I'd have fixed it up. <laughs> In our lives, we are caretakers. You don't own this place. You don't own this place. 
We have given ownership over to God, and God, we are caretakers of all of our talents, of our, ti- of our tithes and our offerings, of our words and our actions. We are caretakers of that because God is the one who's given it to us. And you see, we look at our life and say, wow, God's messed up. He gave me this much of mess. But you see, in giving thanks to God, I know that he's going to take my mess make it a message. (laughs) He's going to take my mess and make it a blessing. He's going to take the things that I can't change and make them something that they're not. Because he's going to take something from nothing. He's going to take something from nothing. So as we look at this, give thanks unto God for the things that he is doing for us. (laughs) In uh, in John chapter 6, John, uh, Jesus is uh, feeding the 5,000. And he's there on the Sea of Galilee, and he's up on the hillside. Uh, the, I guess it's the northern, yeah, it's the northern part of the Sea of Galilee. It's like a natural amphitheater. It's just like a, a sloping green pasture field. You know, you can put thousands of people on there, and they did. And so when Jesus looked out and saw that the, that the large crowd had arrived, you see, the eyes of God are looking, look upon the righteous. God is watching over us. He's watching over us so that we are never lacking any good thing. He's not lo- looking over us to punish us. He's looking over us so that we do not lack anything that we need for our life. And if I am in need and I'm in prayer, I'm saying, God, you know, I, could, I need some help. I believe that everything is possible to you. God, I believe that you will supply this, this what I need. Be specific and say, God, I'm asking you for this specific thing. Not, well, God, you know, you, you know we need lots of stuff here. You know, no. Specific. Say what it is. Jesus looked out and he saw. He was specific. What did he see? He saw a large crowd. And he said to Philip, now, here's the, here's the challenge. Where can we buy bread to feed these people? Where can, we, where can we get what we need for this moment? He asks us that, just like he asked Philip. And we, being very objective and very um, calculating, well, what did he say? Philip answered, 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for each person here. If we had... $100,000, we, we could probably buy enough bread for these people, 5,000 people. You know, 5,000 people plus women and children, 15,000 people at $15 a head. How much does that run? <laughs> okay, let's go serve them. If we're going to go to Seven Springs, maybe it's 30 bucks a head. So, at 15,000 people at 30 bucks a head, how much is it? 600000 or 60000 What is it? I don't know. I can lose a zero. What's a zero among friends? But, you know, so there's all of, this, all of this that's there in front of him. But he said, prior to that, Jesus is saying to Philip that he knew, Jesus knew what he's going to do. He just wanted Philip to get on board with it. You see, God knows what he's going to do in your life. But he wants us to figure out, how can I do this my way? And how can I do this God's way? That's it. Rev up the engine. (laughs) Got a thought coming on. (laughs) 
One of the disciples, it was Andrew's brother, Simon Peter, said, I have a little boy here. There's enough food here for me and the kid. <laughs> okay? Jesus, I took care of my need. Me and the kid, we can eat. I got, we got five flat pancakes and two sardines. <laughs> you see how we have to assess the situation? We don't have to pretend it doesn't exist. We don't have to shrink the number. We don't have to blow the number out of proportion. God is going to make something out of nothing. So, here we are, five flat pancakes and two sardines. And 15,000 people. What is there in our life that is so meager it will never meet the need that we have? What is there that we possess that is so small that it could never meet the need that we have? You see, this is what God is doing in us, making something out of nothing. To God, there is nothing impossible. To God, there are no shortages. To God, he is ready to provide. Now, can we get on board? Can we pray and believe, God, I've got five flat pancakes and two sardines, and I've got to feed 15,000 people? Bobby's going to pray this next week. God, <laughs> yeah, I lost you again. See? <laughs> but we look at our life, and what is there that we possess that is so small that it's insignificant? And that God wants to say, he wants us to say, turn it over to me. <laughs> turn it over to me. Let me have it. And what does Jesus do? He takes, he takes the five loaves and two fish. He prays. Prays. Father, I thank you. Thank you? Thank you? <coughs> I give thanks. <laughs> I give thanks with a grateful heart. I give thanks. So God, I thank you that you always, when Jesus is raising Lazarus from the dead, he goes, Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. And here we are looking at our five loaves and two fish and we're saying, God, I thank you that you hear me when I pray and I take this and I put it in your hands and I pray, God, that you will bless it and multiply it to meet my every need. Maybe we need to do that with our checkbook. <laughs> Maybe we need to do that with our health. Maybe we need to do that with our neighbor. <laughs> Maybe we need to do that for our loved ones. Maybe we need to do this with the people that we work with. <laughs> Maybe we need to do it with the people who cut us off in traffic. <laughs> Father, I thank you. I pray, I give thanks, I put it in his hands and let God break it and multiply it to meet every need because only God can make something out of nothing. Shall we stand? <laughs> it's 
It's quite a thought. A hundred years ago, we were nothing. But now we are something. God made something out of nothing. He made us. And our failures aren't strange. He knows what they are. He he knew what they were a hundred years ago. But it didn't stop him from making us. And it didn't stop him from forgiving us. It doesn't stop him from loving us. His love is so complete that he has never had a wrong thought or a bad thought about you, no matter what you've done. So, in the nothingness, he created something, us, that we could love him and allow his love to come through us to touch others. Because what God is going to multiply is not for our barns, but it's for his glory and his people, his kingdom. And we get to, we get to manage it, <laughs> but it's for others. Father, thank you. Impress this upon our hearts and minds. God, help us to understand it. Teach us as you taught the disciples that God, often we see things from such a limited perspective, from this narrow point of view of our own minds, our own thinkings, and what has happened in our own logic. And God, help us to see outside of the box of humanity and let us see into the, get a glimpse of eternity in the splendor of the heavens. And God, you spoke all of these into existence. So, making our five loaves and two fish feed 15,000 is nothing. We give thanks. With a grateful heart, we give thanks. Because you let the weak say they are strong, let the poor say they are rich. You change us from the inside out. You change us in our spirit and in our words. Bless us now, O God. Let us be fruitful and multiply to bring your kingdom to the people around us that we may love and forgive and trust and obey. Amen. God bless you. Amen.